Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Wendy Papazian. And I'm Via Williams. Today's a little different because it's just Wendy and I. Just us. And it's just us. And we're gonna we're gonna go deep today and we're gonna talk about our wealth building journeys. And I think what makes it kind of a cool episode is that Wendy is very mature in her wealth building journey and has achieved a high level of success. And I'm way at the beginning. And I, you know, I think that that means that hopefully, Wendy, we're gonna we're gonna hit people in all aspects of the journey today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm excited to share. And Sarah and Seychelle um, just had some minor emergencies this morning, so they apologize that they can't be here with us. But I'd love to know, Via, why don't you just Catch us up. I know you shared with, with us a little bit about your wealth building journey in the last few years, but just tell us kind of where you're at, maybe I guess probably like three or four years ago and where where are you today? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I should go back a little bit. Don't worry. I won't take an hour. <laughs> <laughs> back to when you were but, 14. Yeah, I know, right? Well, yeah. yeah, actually, you know, because when I grew up, yes, actually, we are gonna go back there. Yeah. Because when I grew up, I didn't grow up with money being scarce. It wasn't a big issue. Money came and money went. It was a little bit boom and bust and um, you know, very successful, you know, parents. And I sort of got this this mentality ingrained in me that when you had money, you spent it. There was no there were really no seeds planted on long-term uh, investments and sort of long-term gratification. And that's, I don't think that's my parents' fault, by the way. I just don't think I absorbed things very well. And so, you know, I got into college and I was given that free credit card and, and that was maxed within probably a month. I can't quite remember. And, and that just started, I now realize a pattern in my life where when I had money and when I had credit, I spent it. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I get into real estate at 30 and I was very successful all through my 30s. I was a highly successful, you know, individual real estate agent and I made a lot of money. And I spent a lot of money. Yeah. You know, I look back on that journey, and the one thing, the one thing that I did right is I did really well with our primary residence. I did really well, you know, in that particular case, I was rewarded by out, you know, by kind of spending at the max of my lifestyle because the real estate did reward me, right? I, I won in appreciation, but that was that was luck. Yeah. You know, I wasn't. That wasn't really good planning. Yeah. We bought two investment properties um, during that time, so. You know, you could tell that I I had the knowledge. I knew somewhere in the back recesses of my mind that I should probably do this, but I was really kind of shoving it away, and I was giving into vacations and cars and clothing, and I was really the poster child. You know, like the person everyone talks about and uses it as a bad example. I was bad example via. <laughs> well, and I'm curious, like, what was your relationship with with Ben and money at that time? I mean, how did he? And Ben is your husband, for those of you that don't know. Yeah. You know, it's funny you should ask that because we're we're super unusual as a couple in that when we got engaged, we got engaged to be married. I think I was 24, 24, 25 when we got married. When we got engaged, I handed over my checkbook to him. Mm. And I just said, I, I don't like to deal with money. I, I make money. I, I don't I don't deal with expenses. And I, I just had this attitude of like, you know... I just, I, I ran away from managing money. But don't you think that's really common? I mean, I think it's, you know, when I think of, when I think about it, you know, there are women who remember their moms, you know, women our age who remember our moms unable to 
get a bank account without their husband's signature. I mean, we're really only a couple generations removed of this idea of, of, you know, women should even work, you know, or even deal with finances. And, you know, I was reading something yesterday about the, some of the first women doctors in the 1850s. And, you know, that's like we're 150 years removed from even thinking like a woman could be do, do anything outside of, domesticity. So I don't think it's I don't think it's that weird at all because it, it's like I, when I think about all that patterning, you know, all that pattern interrupt that has to happen, it's so gradual over the years because I know I I'm living out a lot of things in my parents' relationship just like you are too, you know, just like my husband's living out, you know, some of the things that he saw in his parents when he was growing up. So it's like, it's almost like incremental changes over time. And I, I heard something I listened to, oh, actually an amazing podcast where Brene Brown was interviewing uh, Melinda Gates. I don't know if you heard that one. No. But she talked about how true equality will happen if it continues at the rate that it's at in 200 years. <laughs> wow. It's so depressing. Yeah, it's totally depressing. I mean, you're probably right. Like, it's probably not unusual. It's just that I remember reading an article and when I look at most of my friends, most of the women tend to control the bookkeeping of the household, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. You know, the the regular bills. I've read this and I've experienced it. Most of my female friends kind of handle that day-to-day checkbook. We, we don't call it a checkbook anymore. But, and, you know, (laughs) while the male tends to kind of be the, you know still the primary, you know, income earner and and that. And you're right. Like you're making me think about it. When I grew up, my mom was a stay-at-home mom and my dad, you're right. I probably repeated that pattern with the exception yeah. of the income. But, you know, I just abdicated. I abdicated expense, essentially expense discipline and expense management and turned a blind eye and, you know, lived yeah, a well, great that life. Also, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, that sounds kind of nice, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. It, you know, I mean... The good news is we have some great memories. The the other good news is we did spend a lot of money on experiences. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. if if I have anything to look back on and be grateful for, it's, you know, good food, good restaurants, good trips, nice Mm -hmm. houses. But, you know, at a certain point, the clock was ticking and I kind of went through a trans... My 40s was a complete transformation, um, inward and outward, you know, lost 70 pounds, you know, became a businesswoman, became an entrepreneur, kind of took that level from salesperson to business owner, became involved in multiple business entities. And one day, you know, I was 47 years old and and I'm like, I don't have a retirement. I mean, you know, I'm a real estate agent. There, there's no 401k and Superman is not going to come save me. My, You know, I am my own princess charming and, you know, no one's coming <laughs> on a white horse. <laughs> so I had to really start thinking like, you know, the good news is I really like to work and I'm cool working for another 20 years. And and the bad news is I don't have a 20-year plan. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't have anything. So it was just time for me to get serious. And so that's what I did. And, you know, it was a process. I think that what scarred me though, and what everyone probably should hear, is that if any of you guys lived kind of during that downturn between 2008, 2010, you know, you might relate to this, but what really scared me and scarred me and probably got me to the, the point of doing what I've done that we're going to talk about is that, you know, we almost lost our house. We were six months behind on our mortgage payment. This is now, this is by 2010. My husband and I were both in real estate. There were times where we were, how we did didn't you have get money out? for gas in my car. Yeah. But how did you get out of that? I know, I know I've heard you say that before, but I mean, what, 
What did you do? Tactically, what exactly did we do? So yeah. we we really did what I call a DIY BK, a do it your do it yourself bank bankruptcy. We the we went to visit a bankruptcy attorney and we we qualified and and it just was not our path. And I've said this before, it's a great decision for a lot of you. I'm not judging that decision. It wasn't our path. It wasn't how we chose to get out of it. So what we did is we took the bull by the horns, got a little bit of family help to get us over the immediate hump. And by the way, you know, childcare is a huge issue when that people don't talk about because you know I had a baby at the time and I was willing to go out and work 24/7 however you know couldn't leave my baby by herself so <laughs> I have to I have to say like family help is huge probably in how these she moments. Ended so uh, that's probably how she ended up so independent and she isn't all my extroverted. kids are independent. they had yeah. to be yeah. yeah, of course. She's super yeah. extroverted too. Yeah. That was where we got the most family help was for childcare. You know, okay. I just wanted to throw that out there because I think that yeah, that's what a, a blessing. huge issue with women. Yeah. yeah. What a blessing. Yeah. So I, um, that's what we did. So I was able to get childcare and I gave myself a deadline, you know, got buy-in from my husband. And, and I just said, look, I want to try to go, you know, sort of out earn this to a certain extent while you, you know, your jurisdiction is going to be managing expenses, negotiating with debtors. That's why I call it a DIY BK. You know, if you can own that, I can own the income part of it. And, and by the way, that was the right decision. And, and the difference is I wasn't abdicating expense management. We were just, we were just staying in our strong lanes. Yeah. 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 We, you know, well, and we what talked was about the, it a what lot. What was the pivot point for that? I mean, because obviously you're six months behind. I mean, was there like a moment where you're like, you're like, shoot, I got to do My something. husband came to me. Yeah, it was scary. He came to me in uh, November of uh, 2010. Zoe had just turned a year. And he said, you know, there's something I haven't told you. I'm gonna. This is a tough one. And, you know, he's like, we're, uh, we're six months behind on our mortgage payment. <laughs> We're six months behind on our mortgage payment. And I, I haven't, I've shielded that from you because, you know, this was your year to work part time and, you know, have time with the baby because you always work so hard during, you know, our first two. So I, I was like, how can you not tell me that? You know, that's, that's huge. And he's like, you know, I, I am telling you now, it's, I'm scared. Like, it's, we got to figure it out. So we did visit a bankruptcy attorney. And I think my pivotal moment was, I've never shared this story, um, was coming down an elevator from the bankruptcy attorney and my knees buckled, physically buckled. And I, I like, I, I was just, I felt so defeated. And, and I was like, I can't swear on a podcast, but I was like, oh, F this. Nope. Like I, it was just, I can't explain that switch that turns on in those moments. And I said, give me three months. I want three months. Like, give me three months. That's actually what brought me to this to the brokerage that you and I are both at right now. Is that I just knew I had to make a drastic change, and I came. I can't explain how hard I worked. Like, it was like I remember going to open houses and going, "I will sell a house today," <laughs> and just like Superman eyes, you know, anyone who walked in and you know, and I did. Like, I remember selling a house that weekend and, mm. you know, and I just, I, I, had, I had a great year. I sold 9.6 million in real estate that year after kind of being part-time, just enough to kind of between Ben's negotiations with the debtors and, you know, with with him doing that and me and me doing that, you know, we we kind of got out of that survival mode into, you know, kind of maybe maybe like 
a little bit above that survival threshold, right? Mm-hmm. You know, then over the next few years, it's just a matter of reserves and debt reduction, which we, we've talked already about on our debt reductions. I've lived all of this. Everything we talked about, I've lived. And then, then there was a, a point, you know, again, where, you know, we were at financial stability, we were making a lot of money. And that's sort of what led me to, you know, I was about 47 48 years old. And I was like, what am I doing now? I mean, you know, it was like we got out of that whole cycle, if you will. And, and it just it naturally felt like it was really time to now start planning for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it was dramatic. And, you know, it, it was dramatic enough that we sold that. I mean, we sold our house and mm-hmm. we moved to, you know, our three kids to a fixer-upper with, you know, really... 1988 original fixer-upper. And we just committed to living there until we could afford to remodel at cash. I mean, that we weren't, you know, we weren't going to go into debt anymore unless it was a mortgage debt. And so that was, it's been about a 10-year journey for you from that Mm -hmm. low point. And so tell us, where are you now? So, you know, it's exciting where we are now because we remargined essentially our lives so that Mm -hmm. we could live, you know, Below our means, and so right. and um, the other part thing of I that, did. Well, I'm sorry, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just want everyone okay. to understand. Like a big part of that was really selling your house, right? You were in a, a huge part a, of it, beautiful house, a wonderful neighborhood, and you said this is going to be the fastest and the easiest way to get us where we need to go, so that we can, you know, kind of make these other goals happen. Is mm-hmm. that right? Correct. That that's that's that was a huge part of it. You're right. Yep. And so, you know, we uh, we did that. And then the second thing I did is, you know, for the first time in, I don't know, almost 20 years, you know, I took a a, a job, right? Like a W-2 job, yeah. which was yeah. a huge lifestyle change from, you know, growing this big real estate business to just, you know, doing that. But, but I did it because... I had a clear understanding at that point that if Ben and I could pay our living expenses with our salaries then I was keenly aware that if I could side hustle, you know, other income in, which I had plans to do, that could be used for reserve fund and for investment and, and the other things. And so all of these, these thoughts were kind of coming together. They kind of came together in a 90-day period. It's so funny. You, you'll ponder something for a year and then boom, right? So we moved. I took a new job within 90 days. And within another month later, I tracked our net worth for the first time in, in, in my life. And, and for, you know, and I for didn't everybody want who to. doesn't know what that, yeah, <laughs> for everyone who doesn't know what that is, you want to explain that? Mm-hmm. What that looks like? It's your assets, you know, and your, you know, you add your assets, you subtract your liabilities, and it's what are you worth at, at the end of it. I mean, that's yep. this overly simplistic thing, but no, nothing to do I with mean, your income. No, nothing to do with your income. It's it's your asset, your assets. You know, what do you own? What do you owe? What's left over? And as you know, what was left over was negative. We we're we were you know still in debt. And tell and tell me about that because I know you'd kind of because I just remember we were at a retreat probably five four or five years ago and we were talking about net worth and you know a lot of us were like yeah here's our net worth and I know you and maybe one or two other people just didn't know yeah and um, and so is that kind of what sent you down that road or, yeah. or was it something yeah. else? Yeah, I say it a lot that the, the influences in my life are flat out what got me here. Uh, you and and one other person are, are two huge influences in my life. So 100%, it was a combination of, of you and, and other men and then just the, 
the tribe in general, our, our tribe of women, you know, in general, watching you guys. I remember where I was sitting on the couch, Wendy. I know exactly when you're referring to, you know, I, I remember that. And then I stepped into another setting with Ben Kinney has like this masterclass. The same thing happened. Everyone's talking about their net worth. They had all prepared it. And I, I just was avoiding it. I just didn't know it. I would argue I was choosing to not know it. Yeah, sure. Well, I think most people, it, it's easier not to know. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's you're in the negative. Yeah, if you're in the yeah. negative. Yeah. And I will also share with everybody listening, it is a relief to know, even if yeah. it's negative. Because the minute yeah. I did it for the first time, it's like, oh, okay. All right, I can work with this now. Like I have a number. Kind of like, you know, when we were in dire straits, like there is a relief to like laying it all out and just, okay, mm-hmm. this is my starting point, you know, now. Mm-hmm. Now I understand. And so I started tracking it then. And it's been a gradual process. Like I'd love to tell you that overnight, I just became addicted (laughs) to tracking my net worth. (laughs) No, it's not that fun. Yeah. Mm -mm. I probably didn't track it again for, I don't know, four or five months after that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, it's still negative. It's a little better, you know? And then I was like, well, and then it might've been like, three or four months after that, oh, it's a little less negative, you know? And I can't remember exactly when when that moment hit where it was like over a dollar. And I was like, I'm celebrating a net worth of like a buck. Yay! <laughs> I know, I remember that. I, you shared it with us. Yeah. It's like, we know, yeah. whatever the number was. Well, and again, Wendy, that, yes, I shared it with you guys because I now had, had a tribe, have a tribe that celebrated that and not the, you know, not the Louis Vuitton purse I just bought, right? Yeah. And I started becoming aware that, you know, the influence, I'm very, I'm highly, you can influence me really easily, right? I'm a sponge. So if I'm around you, you're going to influence me. So I just had to start, you know, controlling my environment. And that meant controlling the people that I was hanging out with the most, right? If, if a, you eat a lot, I will a eat a lot nugget. <laughs> Yeah, that's a huge nugget. Yeah. Well, I think it's true for everyone to a certain extent. But if you're particularly like that kind of person, it's really important the people you surround yourself with. I mean, I feel so lucky to be in my marriage, you know, because when I think about my marriage, it's not exactly random, but it's a little bit random who we, who we get married to. And it's really important. It's the most important thing. It is kind of random because you don't know when you marry no, someone. Like, you Yeah, don't no, know. it's kind of random. I mean, I, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. It's not like I'd known Jane for five years. I mean, we were not even... We barely knew each other a year before I got engaged. So... Same. That's funny. Yeah. Ben and I got engaged after, I think, seven months. And 18 months all in, we were married between like yeah. meeting and... Yeah, mm-hmm. it's funny. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I started tracking it. And then I noticed it started getting more frequent that I was tracking it because it started getting more exciting. And I started attaching that dopamine hit that I, I used to get from spending to my net worth. And, you know, and so it, it got really exciting. And, and then my purchase decisions became like, ooh, that's going to look good on the spreadsheet instead of, <laughs> you know, like, ooh, that's going to look good on my wrist. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. yeah. We need to quote yeah. you on that one. Yeah. That's a good one. I know. It just came that's out of the That's a good air, one. But, you yeah. know. So good. Uh, it was a good one. So, yeah. uh, you know, and so that that's kind of the story. And so today where I am is that I um, I am super excited. We just closed on our second investment property uh, a few weeks ago. Yay. And um, I'm actively... Thank you. I'm actively researching. I've got my... First of all, I should say that that I'm working harder than I've ever worked and I'm more driven though than I've ever been. It is a very exciting place for me. I don't feel discouraged. I feel encouraged. And I, you know, I, what, what my mantra is, and, and I think if there's anything 
anything at all I want people to hear, it's it's what I'm about to say. And that is that you, Ben, the Mankitis, all these really powerful wealth influencers in my life, most of you got the bulk of your wealth in a 10-year period. Now, I, I understand your journey is more like 15 years. So is our friend Kimber mm-hmm. Mankitis, who we talk about a lot. However, and Ben Kinney's, they happen to all be about 15 years. But what I've noticed is 10 years seems to be the, the general time period between a massive difference in, in your net worth. And that is so comforting to me. I constantly remind myself that I'm only at this point, you know, probably eight years away from achieving a, a way, way more amazing goal than I probably think. And so I think that when, if you're starting at zero or negative, you know, and you're, and you're listening to this, and if any of this is resonating, 10 years is really, it sounds long, it's not that long. It is, it's not impossible. You know, it, it's a tangible number. It's a tangible time frame, And there's so many people that I've seen have hit that time frame. I trust it now. I trust yeah. that time frame and I trust that I can do it. And I've seen so many people get out of massive amounts of debt. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt in a very short amount of time, you know, by taking, kind of doing what you're doing, taking extreme measures, house hacking, selling their house, doing all those things and really getting to that place where they can start at ground zero, you know, definitely yeah, not 10 years sure. to get out of debt, you know. No, not to get out of debt. Ten years to build a, a, oh, yeah, a no, sizable I know, net but, worth. But, but I yeah. mean, just if anybody's listening and thinking like, oh gosh, no, but you, you know, I've seen people get out of massive amounts of debt in 18 months, two years, a year, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, we have our Hot Millionaire Club. So we we have people from both my team and Jay's team. And they, and they you know, we've got spouses who've got $250,000 in, in medical school debt because they're doctors, you know, and just that ability to just chip away at that. Yeah, it's huge. You know, what, where I am now is we're going to buy six investment properties this year and we're researching 1% markets or just honing down on a few right now and getting my processes in order and then it'll go fairly fast. And, you know, what I, I think I would, I would say to everybody about it is that most people I've found and, and I've noticed share their wealth building journey after the fact. You know, mm-hmm. they share it like, okay, here is the bad part of my story. Now I'm worth millions. Yeah, here I am, you know. And I think that I'm sharing it in the mid, like, the, you know, the beginning phases of it. And, and so stick with me, stick with us, stick with Empire Building because, you know, I'll keep updating everybody. And I really want to encourage everybody to start. And it really, it really starts with, I think, measuring your net worth is the first step. And then the second step is cultivating and curating a tribe around you, the right tribe around you, who, who is also, you know, focused on the same thing in this season of their life. And they may not live by you. You know, uh, all of our tribe, Wendy, my tribe, we all live in different cities and states. And, uh, and that's okay. That's okay. Well, and I, and I think just to dive into that a little bit is that, you know, we all want to be accepted by the people around us. And no matter who you are, you are trying to fit in with the people around you. And if the people all around you are feeling a certain way, you know, there's just, there's almost no chance that you're not going to behave that way. And so it's really, 
taking stock of where you're at and looking hard at the people around you who may be people that you love. They might be people in your family. It might be someone that you're married to, right? So like, like it's easy to say, surround yourself with a different tribe, but it's actually quite hard to do. And then just really understanding like, where do I want to go and who are those people? You know, who are those people that, yeah. that I can sync up with? And like to your point, Wendy, I'm so glad you brought that up because it doesn't mean you're you're dissing your childhood friends. It doesn't mean you're you're disowning your spouse or your parents or whoever it is. It means that maybe you have boundaries on this topic. Maybe this is a topic you don't choose to talk about or share with them. Maybe you pull yourself out of situations with them where you might be tempted to you know, spend or, you know, maybe they're not the people to go on the, you know, super, you know, expensive vacation with because you just know you won't be able to control yourself, right? So it's not about like disowning people from your life. It's just about being careful with boundaries. And this this particular topic goes with this particular tribe. And, you know, you're not going to ask you know, someone's opinion on buying that Louis Vuitton bag, if they're in the wrong tribe, don't do it. It's just not going to be healthy for you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, guys, what a great episode. First of all, Via, thank you for always being so authentic and vulnerable and sharing yourself with us because I always learn a lot from your vulnerability. And so I really appreciate that in you. And um, wow, tons tons of nuggets today. So for me, figure out your net worth, even if it's scary, even if you know it's negative, you got to have that baseline. Otherwise, you don't know where you're going to go. And that's true with really any number, right? Any number in your business, Mm -hmm. whatever, you need to know know that numbers or your (laughs) weight. Don't avoid the scale either. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, This idea of changing your viewpoint about where the the dopamine comes, right? So thinking like, oh, it's going to show up looking great on my spreadsheet instead of on my wrist. I love that. Huge nugget. And then this idea of saying no to say yes, right? So saying no to the bigger house, saying no to... um, you know, maybe a house that's been remodeled or looks fantastic so that you can say yes to what matters in the future, especially for people who are self-employed, right? We are the ones most vulnerable to ending up at the end of our life with nothing. You know, I don't, don't want to... I personally don't want to be there. And then really the last nugget is who you surround yourself not only matters, but it's everything. It's absolutely everything. Um, And so your partner, your family, the friends that you choose to spend time with is really everything. And if you don't like where you're at, right, financially or otherwise, then you have to take a hard look at who you've got around you and probably you need to make some changes. And so anyway, guys, thank you for listening to uh, Via's Wealth Building Journey. It's been super powerful. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you, everybody. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Empire Building. If you like what you heard, join our tribe by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform and help us spread the word by leaving a five-star rating and review. Until next time, wishing you a life worth living. And remember, you are an empire builder.